Thank you for your faithful support and prayers over the past uh, decade. <laughs> and we, we appreciate that. And we appreciate not just your faithful support and prayers. I know a lot of people are on vacation right now. But thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. Uh, it, you know, being on the mission field, knowing people are praying for you, is great, but it's not just that. Knowing people are faithfully serving the Lord here in America is a great encouragement as well. So I don't say that lightly. I'm serious. You guys are supporting us not just by your prayers and financial support, but by your faithfulness to the Lord, and we truly do appreciate that. Seeing families that are serving the Lord, uh, church that's going forward, not sliding with the majority, uh, that's a blessing. And I'm reminded of the statement, I believe it was a church planter in Wisconsin, one with God is a majority. And uh, thankful that there's more than one. And uh, thank, thank you for your faithfulness. We're going to watch the video now. Is that ready? And then we'll have a time for some questions later on. Republic of South Africa is a country on the tip of Africa that borders both the Indian and the Atlantic Ocean. It's a country of great need, yet great wealth. South Africa has beautiful landscape. One of the most beautiful places in the world has oceans, deserts, mountains, rainforest. There's anywhere from remote villages to metropolises. South Africa has a lot of needs. Uh, there's a large unemployment problem that is a symptom of a greater problem, which is broken homes, uh, lawlessness, and we believe the real answer to the problem is a spiritual answer and that's the salvation of souls. In 2014 we arrived in South Africa. It was my wife Laura and I and our son Peter and Seth and we joined the Overmiller family to assist them in the ministry at Elans Fontaine Baptist Church and Bible Baptist Church. Uh, we're able to see Elans Fontaine Baptist Church become independent and they're continuing to this day in Elans Fontaine. We continued to work with Bible Baptist Church of Kempton Park since 2017. The city of Kempton Park is a part of the greater Johannesburg area. When we first arrived in 2014, there was about one member of the church, and we've grown. We have about 25 to 30 people that attend, and was a blessing. The Sunday I left, we got to see one lady 
baptized and added to the church. One of the great needs in South Africa is a spiritual awakening and salvation. There's much religiosity. 80% of the people claim Christianity, but most of those people still worship their ancestors and really demonic powers. So salvation is the greatest need in South Africa and revival amongst those who are saved. Well, the burden of the church there is to see the church influence Kempton Park with the gospel. The fatherless rate amongst the population is between 62 to 65 percent. Amongst, amongst the segment of the population we're working with, seven out of ten children don't have a father in the home and there's a great problem with broken families, drunkenness, drug abuse, and the list goes on and on. We've already seen individual lives changed through the gospel, through discipleship, one-on-one -on -one discipleship, and um, because of that, children have been saved, lives have been changed. Laura's main responsibility, of course, is with our children and uh, she's doing a great job with that. But uh, she also helps out with the church in Sunday school. Um, Laura does help with the music ministry in the church and playing piano on Sundays. She's also working with another young lady to help take over that ministry. My burden for South Africa is to see Bible Baptist Church be an indigenous church and that it would continue until the Lord returns. And to see that the national people there, that the Lord develops in them a heart and a burden for their own people so that things will continue and be strong even in our absence. South Africa is a lot like America in that it's a lot of immigrants travel to South Africa from other African countries because of the wealth that is there. Even though they have a high unemployment rate, it's much better than the surrounding countries. So the advantage in South Africa is that there's Africans from all over Africa who could then go back to their countries, be it Congo, Zimbabwe, Botswana, Kenya, Nigeria, and take the gospel back with them. Our plan when we go back to South Africa is to work with Bible Baptist Church to see the people take leadership in the church. We have people we're already training in music, in preaching, in teaching, and so we're going to continue with that. I think that one of the greatest needs in Christianity in America today is that Americans are comfortable. And it's hard to leave America to go to the mission field. So I'd like people to pray and seek God's will regarding the mission field, regarding surrendering of their lives to the Lord. I think 
people need to consider is my life fully surrendered to whatever God would have me to do. Well, the need is great in South Africa. Not everybody can go there. So the greatest thing that can be done is, first of all, to pray. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers and then be willing if he calls you to go. And if God doesn't call you to go, to give to those who do go to enable them to go. Okay, I'm gonna just kind of give you a bit of an update from the last time we were here. Last time we were here, uh, early last year, we were planning to go back to South Africa after our furlough, which kind of didn't happen. Uh, we were praying for some replacements for our work, but the Lord saw fit that he wanted us to go back. So we went back after being here for a couple of months and because of not having time to apply for a visa we were there for about six months and in that time the lord actually redirected our steps in part of our ministry there if you'll remember we had we took in five children and the two older children uh, are now out on their own. One is living with, I believe it's an aunt, and the other is, believe, is living with a friend of his mom who passed away. And then uh, the three youngest, if you could just take this up in prayer. Um, on May 25th, there is a court case that's dealing with uh, their custody, and uh, we found a Christian ministry that's done. Uh, Joel and Rachel Kirby are also Baptist missionaries in South Africa. They have a ministry called Ontatile, and that deals with uh, foster kids and adoption, helping South Africans to adopt children and to do foster care. And they have a property on the other side of Johannesburg, and they're building houses and helping South African parents to foster kids who need homes. So the three youngest, we are praying that they'll be able to get into there. So it sounds like everything's going to go through, but we'd really like, if you could just pray for that, May 25th is an important day. That's when they take that before the uh, magistrate, and hopefully they will get permanent custody. So please pray. Those three children, their name is Arkanya, Mbali, and Jojo. And they've lived with us for three years. They're great children. Um, and they're, uh, we would hate to see them not have a good home, but we are so blessed by God to find a home. We actually tried to get them in this home uh, a few years ago, but it didn't work out. But God's timing is best, so pray that this would work out. Um, as I said, we tried to find someone to fill in for us. That didn't kind of really work out, but we thought we had somebody. 
and that worked out for about a month. And then while we were back here, uh, it was one of those tough situations where the people you put in something in charge of something don't turn out to be what you thought they were. And so we had to ask them to go back to where they came from. And the Lord did bless us with a pastor in the area who is a South African. He's a colored man. And if you know what colored means, I, don't, I probably should explain that. But he's a pastor that is uh, supported actually by South African churches. And his ministry is to plant churches. And he is preaching every uh, three to four Sundays a month. His name is Donovan May, and his, pa his pastor, or his sending church, um, is pastored by his father, Hillbrow Baptist Church, um, which is a pretty rough area of Johannesburg. So uh, it is a blessing to have a South African that is helping to pastor. And then there's two other young, well, a young man and his pastor from another area, they travel about an hour or so every, well, once a month, usually, and they preach also. So we've got three men actually helping to preach while we're gone. And if you've been following our updates, you might uh, remember these names that I'm going to tell you about. But I want to start kind of tell you this, the story of how they got saved and what they're doing just so you have an idea what our church is like over there. So I'm going to start with the one who's been saved the longest, and that is Bongiwe. Anybody familiar with that name, Bongiwe? Okay, so Bongiwe is a young lady. She's 22, right? And uh, she was saved after being invited to Bible Club by, was it, who was it? Lindsay. Lindsay. You guys know Lindsay, right? At that time, Lindsay, uh, she wasn't married. Okay. So anyway, she wasn't married then, but they came over on a missions trip and invited her out to church. She was saved at our Bible club. We weren't there at that time. We were on furlough. She got saved, started coming to church, um, and she, would, she comes from a broken home. Now, on my uh, video, I talk about how there was 70% of South African children don't have a father. In January, I flew back to take care of some things and check up on the work, and there was this new family in church. And the man happened to be a black South African. So I started talking to him. And he told me that that statistic is actually probably not correct. He said it's probably 90% of black South Africans, South African children, don't have a father in the home. Um, and amongst other segments of the population, it's not good. But they, they have it the worst. And she's from one of those homes. Her mom and dad weren't married. She was raised by her grandmother. But she got saved. And she was doing well in high school. So well, in fact, that her father, I guess, um, I assume because she was doing well in high school, her father offered to pay for her to go to university, uh, which is a very rare thing, that someone would have enough money to do that. But 
Uh, he did offer her that, but she decided not to go. She decided to go to Bible Institute. Uh, so she graduated from Bible Institute, and when she was done, she didn't really have anywhere to go, so we invited her to live with us and to help with the children that we had uh, taken in. And so she's been living with us. She's still taking care of the kids that are still at her house, the three youngest, um, when they're still there. Uh, so pray for Bongiwe. Uh, just shortly before we came back to the States, I got a call uh, from a young man who is uh, helping start a church, and he's the prospective next pastor of that church. And he is now courting Bongiwe, and hopefully they will be getting married in the not-too-distant future. Uh, so we praise the Lord for what he's done in her life. There's another young, uh, well, I'm going to skip now. I said order of how long they've been saved. A few years ago, a man came up to me at uh, the church property while I was there during the week, and he started, or it could have been after a service one day, he just came up and started talking to me. And uh, then I had to come back to the U.S. for a brief visit, and after I came back to South Africa, he started coming to church. And he got saved, and he got baptized, and he's been faithful. His name is Mesmer, short for mesmerizing. So you can remember that name, Mesmer. And he's not the pastor of the church, but he does help to provide leadership for the church while I'm gone. And so if you can pray for Mesmer, he's a great guy. And pray for him especially and the church over there in these next couple of weeks. I'm trying to help them get a program going for evangelism. And, but I'm not heading it up. He's heading it up. So pray for Mesmer to have wisdom in that. And then Sia. Uh, when lockdown started in South Africa, Sia came over to our property uh, to stay with us until lockdown was over or something like that because it was supposed to be two weeks and it kept extending. But uh, he got saved after being witnessed to by a couple of the young men. And now he is leading songs for our church and he's faithful. He's in high school still. So pray for him. Uh, he wants to serve the Lord and he wants to do what God, whatever God calls him to do. So pray for Sia. His name is short for Sia Bonga, which means we thank you. So pray for Sia. Pray for us. Um, we've been praying for co-workers, but I came to a point where I said, you know what, if God doesn't want us to provide a co-worker, that's okay. And uh, we came back, and we've just been shooting to go back and just kind of be there and continue on the work, even if we don't have co-workers. But um, about a week ago, I was contacted by somebody who is interested in missions in Africa. And so he's, we, we met together and we talked. So I can't tell you his name because it's not sure, but um, pray for that family if it's God's will, that God would lead them. And also, um, it's looking unlikely that our paperwork is gonna come back in time for us to get three-year visas. So, in my mind, as long as it works out, I believe we should still go back. Even though we won't be able to get three years, we'll be able to get 90 days. Um, and then, after that 90 days is up, 
we're going to do something else if we can't get a further 90 days uh, in South Africa. So we've got um, people we know in Malawi, and we've been there before. In fact, the family that's been living on our property, helping with the children that we took in, they're heading back to Malawi, and they would be glad to be with us as we start a church up there. So we are doing our best to help the people in the church we're planting now to become self-sufficient and independent. Um, I don't believe the job's going to be done in three months, but we're going to do as much as we can. And if we do end up not getting three years, we'll go do something else and then fly back, continue on, and one step at a time. We'll see how the Lord leads. So wherever we're going to go, we don't want to just be stuck here on furlough forever. So we're going to go to Africa. And if you notice, our email address is Roberts to Africa. So that could be anywhere in Africa. <laughs> so pray that God would just direct in that. I'm going to open it up for questions if you have any questions. I know 50 of the question, question givers are not here today, but perhaps the rest of you will have more time to ask your questions. Pastor Stephen. Okay. Um, I was just looking at the news recently. One of the requirements is having a police clearance certificate from South Africa, which is a background check. The government did not pay their rent bill for the office, that the building that houses that office. And so they got locked out of their office. And there's a backlog of 85,000 applications right now. Um, so I basically know that if God wants us to get it, he's going to have to do it. So I'm not going to try to bribe people or something to get it to go through faster. I'm just going to accept that, that the Lord's trying to do something here. So God can do it, 85,000 applications. I wrote a letter, said, you know, this is urgent, please help us, but it's up to the Lord. <laughs> um, and then you have to apply from America unless you're extending. But because our last visa was a tourist visa, we can't extend that to a visitor's visa. So we have to apply in Washington, D.C. because they closed down the consulate in Chicago. So we have to hope that gets back in time, apply in D.C., but the problem in D.C., they're also backed up. So we are just going to go back and deal with it the way we are planning unless God opens another door. <laughs> On a tourist visa, which is a 90-day visa. And you can extend that up to another 90 days. The problem is the government offices over there getting anything done. You could go up to a half a year on a tourist visa if they do their job. <laughs> so, good question. Any other questions? Wait, is that Philip? Yes, in fact, we had Domino's for a while. Do you, do you know what Domino's is? 
but Domino's had to leave South Africa. But we still have Pizza Hut there, and we have a place called Roman's Pizza. And we've got all sorts of other pizza places there. So there's a lot, quite a few Italian people in South Africa. We do have Mexican food there too, but not as much as here. But I've never met anybody that speaks Spanish in South Africa. But there are a lot of Portuguese-speaking people there. And we have McDonald's and Burger King and Krispy Kreme and KFC, but not Culver's. There is no place that has real Wisconsin custard there. <laughs> Anybody else have a question? Way up there. It's about a thousand miles. So if you leave on Monday and you have six kids, hopefully you get there by Thursday. No, it's in Central Africa. South Africa is actually a country, but it's not in Southern Africa, but it is part of the South, Southern Africa development community, so it is technically, if you draw a line halfway through Africa, it's still in the bottom half. Any other questions? Sadiq, Southern, or it's either South, I think it's a Southern African Development Community or something like that. It's nations that have kind of banded together and you can travel from one to the next if you're from that country and get like at least seven day visa. That actually has backfired for South Africa though because now they have all sorts of people that came in for on seven days and they've just stayed for months and years. So. On my board, 12 to 15 million people living in Johannesburg and Pretoria. That's a three million variation there. Nobody really knows how many people live in South Africa. <laughs> Any other questions? Okay, let's take out our Bibles. If you've got any other questions, I'll be glad to answer them. Look at the book of James with me, please. I don't know the next time I'm going to be here. I'm not giving you my final farewell, but we just don't know what's coming in the future for us as far as how long we're going to be in Africa. We're planning to be there for a long time, but you know, you never know if you're, when your next furlough is going to be. Um, we've been fortunate enough every furlough we've taken to be here. Um, even if it's short. Uh, but there's a lot of churches we haven't been to for 10 or 11 years. So uh, we're thankful that you guys are pretty close to us and you've invited us so graciously to come. But if I were to say 10 years from now is going to be the next time I come to Fellowship Baptist, well, this is probably what I would say is important. James 5, verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man 
availeth much. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we look into your word, may it be just what we need from you. In Jesus' name, amen. I told you in one of my previous messages how I know for sure, I know some people, at least one or two, that have died because of sin in their lives. Um, I know a lady who died. Um, she had lived a sinful life before she was saved. After she got saved, I believe she stopped those things, but then she, as far as I know, went back into those things, and she got even involved in, um, I'll have to call it Satanism. That's the best word for it, witchcraft, Satanism. Um, even some pastors in South Africa get involved in that kind of thing. And she went to a pastor who was involved in that. He prayed for her, as far as I know, and her kids were wearing uh, pieces of string around their waist, which if you're familiar with any of those cultures, that's like a good luck charm and uh, he has healing powers, they think. And she wasn't living for God, that lady. I know another man, and she died because of her sin. I know another man, uh, a Malawian man, that uh, I had led to the Lord. And he was in South Africa, and just a few weeks ago, maybe two months ago now, he was on his way home from work. And I knew the people he was working for got in a car accident and died. And he, they were trying to raise money to send his body back to Malawi. And an interesting thing about him was he came down to South Africa so that he could help his family out. But in South Africa, he was constantly struggling, 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 struggling. And it just wasn't working out too, too well for him. Um, and sometimes you just scratch your head and you wonder why. Why don't you just go back home where it's better? Even though it's poor, at least you got your family there. But anyways, he stayed and he got killed in a car accident. And I don't know for sure why he died, but I wonder. Was it because of sin in his life? I wonder that because after his funeral, a friend of mine said, did you know Brother Tom? We all thought he was a Christian, but he was part of a group called Gule, which is a satanic group. And at his funeral, they had the satanic dancers dancing. And they, have you ever seen pictures of those people in those scary costumes at, in an African village? Well, that's what they had. And I can, I've got the videos right on my phone to show you the crazy, scary, freaky costumes that these people were wearing, dancing around at the funeral. And there was hundreds of people there at this funeral. And I had texted a pastor in Malawi. I said, maybe you could preach for this funeral. This would be a great opportunity, only to find out that this man had been a part of a satanic group. And he died. And instead of the gospel being preached at his funeral, as far as I know, it wasn't. Perhaps it could have been, but it, if it was, it was definitely mixed with all the wrong things because Satan was being worshipped. I say all that to say this. 
James chapter 5, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. Sin in our lives can bring sickness, disease, even death. 1 Corinthians 11 talks about that. Now, we know not all sickness, disease, and death is because of sin in our lives. I do not want you to be mistaken to think that just because you're sick, you're, you did something wrong. No, the book of Job shows us that that's not true. But it also is true that sometimes God uses those things to try to get our attention. And sometimes he even takes us out of our sin when we won't obey him to get us out of it. So the better thing to do if we've got sin in our lives is to confess our sin. Whoso covereth his sins shall not prosper, but he that confesses and forsakes shall have mercy. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, as a missionary, we want people, like William Carey said, to hold the ropes for us. Down in South Africa, they've got a lot of zamazamas. Those are people that go into the old mines and they try to find more gold. And, you know, back in the day when they would mine, there'd sometimes, in certain cases, they'd have a rope on the outside of the mine and somebody would be down there in that mine chipping away at the rock getting ore or hopefully gold nuggets down in the mine, and then that person would be holding them up by a rope. You're kind of like that person holding us up by a rope. But if you're praying for us and you're not right with God, it's not going to work. The rope is going to be frayed and broken. But if you are right with God, look what he promises. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err or err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from a the error of his way, shall save a soul from death. Huh. And shall hide a multitude of sins. I wonder if one of these folks I just told you about had been told about their sin by one of their Christian brethren and had gotten out of their sin. Maybe they were covering their sins so nobody knew about it. I know the one person wasn't telling people. Maybe the other one was hiding it too. But you can actually help that person if you help them. But the point of the message is this. What great effect your prayers can have. Let's turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians 3. I just want to look at three simple areas that your prayers can have an effect on your ministry, your church, your pastor's ministry, and your missionaries' ministries. Finally, brethren, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 1, Finally, brethren, 
pray for us, and here he gives these three prayer requests. Number one, that the word of the Lord may have free course. Number two, and be glorified even as it is with you. Number three, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. And then let's turn over to the book of Romans, chapter 15. Romans 15, verse 30. Romans 15, 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from them which do not believe in Judea, and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. So notice this, first of all, the word of the Lord may have free course. Freedom of the word of God. I was recently asked by somebody, where in the world is, or he said, I want to go somewhere in the world where people have an openness to the gospel. Well, there are places like that in the world. I have a book right now that I'm about ready to read that talks about how hundreds of thousands of Muslims are coming to Christ. China may not be an open nation to the gospel, but there are at least possibly a hundred million Christians in China. So there are places in the world that the word of God can have free course, so that's the request. Pray that we can go there, preach the gospel, and people will listen to it. Now, one thing about Africa is that people are more willing to listen. I don't know if Pastor Stephen remembers this experience. You can go to people and talk to them in Africa. In different countries, it's even more so that way. When I was in Kenya, I noticed it was even more open than South Africa. When I went to Malawi, I noticed it was even more open than Kenya. And I remember one time I was in South Africa and I forgot protocol, or I guess I was learning protocol. Protocol is when you go on a property that you greet the people first before you visit people on their property. So if you're the homeowner and you're sitting out there and I don't properly greet you, then, uh-oh, I'm not welcome. So this one day I went up to a house and there was some drunk men on the front porch of the house and I just was like, well, okay, they're drunk. I'm just going to let them do their thing and I'm going to walk around the house. Well, they let me go, but then when I came back, they scolded me. You didn't greet me. <laughs> now, if I would have greeted them, they would have been happy. Uh, uh, last year, I went soul winning with a man from our home church in McQuanago. He came over to visit us and help us on a project we had. And we went soul winning on a Saturday. We only got to one house, though. In South Africa, in the houses, a lot of them, this would be kind of like New York City. If you've been to New York City, you'll know what I mean is true. In some of the houses, each room of the house has a different family. So each door we went at, knocked at, 
we could easily spend 20 minutes. I think we were there for an hour, hour and a half. One house the whole time. Openness. That's what we want to pray for. Pray that we'll have that openness, but not just a respect, but people's hearts open to the, the, the gospel, and that's what we desire. Number two, and be glorified. I believe he's talking about fruit. Fruit. We want to see fruit. We don't want to just, you know, be in one place all our life and see two people saved. Praise God for the two people that get saved. But we'd like to see a lot more than two people get saved. We'd like to see a lot more than two churches get started. We'd like to see 200 or 2,000. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And number three, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. As open as Africa is, and as kind as people are, there's a whole lot of bad guys there too. Both my wife and I have had phones stolen from us. My wife was out doing some soul winning in Kempton Park, and a man came up to her, pretended to be adoring little Eva, who is adorable, but his plan was to steal her phone, so he like patted her on the arm or patted the baby, and he just went like this. He grabbed her phone and her tracks, hopped in an Audi with his buddies, and that was the last I, we ever saw him. Uh, don't know if you read the tracks, but he stole the phone. Uh, another time we woke up, and in the morning we discovered 18 strands of our electric fence were cut. And then we discovered our fence was cut in five or six different places. We need protection. We need protection. There's a lot of bad people out there. And when you look different than the other people, uh, you tend to be more of a target. So if you would just pray for us for these three things. Pray for freedom in preaching the gospel. Pray for fruit and pray for protection. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for this church. I thank you for their fellowship in the gospel. We thank you for their support and their, their faithfulness to you. Lord, I pray that you continue to bless them. And Lord, I pray that they would continue to see fruit right here in South Bend, Indiana. May you be with them to guide and protect, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.